Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 64 of the big show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday. Couple days, couple weeks closer to... uh, Christmas, sleigh bells ringing, we got the tree up now, got my caddy shack ornaments up, every year we try to buy a different Christmas ornament to put up, got Snoopy on his doghouse this year, I'm a big peanuts guy, so that made me happy, peanuts, make sure make sure I pronounce that correctly, um, if for those, what did he just say? Um, I'm going to, today folks, I'm really going to try, normally whenever I do my episodes, <clears throat> Well, if anybody's listened to this show for any length of time, I don't edit shit. I'm not a real big editing guy. Um, You know, so you hear that a lot. That's me. Usually I'm sitting here in my chair, kind of leaned back, looking out the window, and I find, well, I don't realize that I'm doing it, but I'm rubbing my hands, or else I'm rubbing, like, I'm kind of sitting there with my arms folded, and I start sort of rubbing my, like, I don't know, well, I guess it would be my biceps or my upper arm. Just as I'm talking, because I'm sort of looking out the window, and I'm just blah, 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 blah. And I didn't realize I was doing it. And then, I don't know what I was doing. I had to edit something in one of the last episodes. And it's like, I then I realized the noise that it makes. I'm like, well, it sounds like I'm like whacking my tack over here. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I better stop. Um, yeah. Well, yes, yeah, we're a minute and a half in. We're talking about whacking tacks. Yeah, we're real, real classy operation here. And Jay in Iowa today, of course, brought up. So I'm not going to talk about that, but he did bring it to my attention, and I was like, oh, really? And I was just like, Jesus, I'm like, oh, oh, what a mud show. Yeah, I thought plummeting in the ratings. In the chartable ratings. I'm up and down like a yo-yo. Oh, well. The fact that anybody listens always surprises me. Honestly. Especially when it's a solo episode. Like, when it's an interview, I can understand why people are listening, because they want to hear that person. Or that person's mentioned it on their Facebook or whatever. So it's like family members and friends of that guy tuning in. It wasn't because, oh, Darren draws them in, right? They're probably more like, who's this idiot that's, like, whacking his tackle this guy's talking? You know? (laughs) So, for these solo episodes, I'm always surprised, like, when I see numbers. And it was like, shit! It was like, the other day, it was like, 53rd in Canada or something but it was it was my it was me just talking I was like oh my god you people must be desperate for things to listen to although now that I what's the socky season starting in the new year yeah I'll I'll be quickly dropping out of the chartables I'll be dropped faster than a fucking hot potato out of the chartable top 100 that's for sure that's okay I got a few loyal listeners that out there I appreciate you boys uh and girls um uh, but uh yeah. Up and down, folks, up and down. But I'm I'm waiting as I'm talking. I'm waiting for the doorbell to ring. It seems like our doorbell rings every nine minutes with an Amazon package. I don't know how much shit my wife ordered off Amazon, but you know, apparently like no one's shopping these days. So Um although I did have to go to Toys R Us the other day. Yes, I heard Toys R Us are all closed in the States, but we actually have one here in Saskatoon still. But I laugh because, uh, like, we don't have any kids, but we have four nephews and two nieces. Um, and the two, my brother's kids uh, are six and four, two girls. And um, so my wife was kind of asking his wife, Crystal, like, okay, well, what, like, what are we getting him for Christmas? Like, we don't know what to get him. So it's like, yeah, just tell us and we'll go get it. <clears throat> well, the youngest one wants Polly Pockets. Okay. 
So my wife's telling me, oh yeah, so you're going to have to go to Toys R Us and Polly Pockets. So I said, well, what are Polly Pockets? Well, she looked at me like I had a turd hanging out of my mouth. Like that was the stupidest thing she had heard all day. She goes, well, what do you mean? You don't know what Polly Pockets are? Yeah, yeah. Why? Why would I know what Polly Pockets are? Really? Seriously. I'm like, no, I don't know what they are. And then she, well, she explains them to me. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, so I just go there and say, I want Polly Pockets. Well, no, you can't just say that. They got different, they're doing different things. There's a house, there's a school, there's, it's like Lego, right? There's space Lego and medieval Lego and Joe Lazito's favorite, the Coliseum Lego. Yes, Joe, I heard you. Hey, if anybody has a Lego hookup out there, you know a Lego rep? Do Lego have reps? Like the old sport, like the old stick guys, the hockey equipment guys, and the power rep. Is there a Lego rep out there listening? Anybody know a Lego rep? Get Joe hooked up with the Colise- with the Coliseum, the Lego Coliseum. Apparently it's like $500 American, which would be like 42000 Canadian. But, um, yeah. I was actually, it was funny, growing up, I'm, uh, I was never a Lego guy, really. Um, but... I'm a Vegas goof, right? I'm a Vegas junkie. So, uh, I, it's, it was last year I saw on Twitter, uh, that there was a, you could build the Lego strip. Lego would come out with the Vegas strip. So I was showing, like, oh, look how great, oh, that'd be cool, you know, whatever. So she actually bought it for me. It's still sitting in the box here. I should, actually, maybe I'll do that tonight. Maybe I'll set that up. Uh, the Lego strip. Um, so I can understand Joe's fascination with the, uh, Coliseum. Now, granted, I'm sure that's much larger than this little strip thing. I think it cost thirty bucks or something. Certainly, certainly wasn't five hundred. Better not have been five hundred. Uh, no, it wasn't five hundred. But I can't. Man, is that Lego expensive though? Like, because I did actually notice it when I was at Toys R Us. I happened to notice the Lego section. Oh boy. Woo. Yeah. So, Polly Pockets wasn't too bad. I I, I laughed. At it. I'm looking at it, just like, oh god. Like, this is what they're into. I'm like, okay, whatever. But I got to thinking afterwards, like, when I was growing up, like, you just think of all the toys that we had. And it would have been like, I could now see what my dad was just like, ugh. You know, more junk that they'll play with for like two minutes and throw in the toy box or throw in a cupboard somewhere and it never gets played with again. You know, but, you know, with the trends. See, like I said, not having kids when I'm not used to this, right? But... I, I kind of do it through the nieces and nephews. I see it, right? And, uh, yeah, so you can see the different things. But uh, what were your big Christmas toys? I was, uh, I know when I was about eight or nine, that was right when the LGN, the big rubber wrestlers came out. Those were big with me. I love those. I was a big wrestling, still a big wrestling fan, but those were awesome. Those, I could, I could tell you, you could knock a motherfucker out with the King Kong Bundy one. He was heavy as shit. Uh, it's funny because I saw the wrestlers at Toys R Us now, the little Jacks figures and stuff. They look so goof. Like, I don't know. They're kind of cheesy look. I mean, yeah, they look, kind of look like him and everything, but it's just like, I don't know. To me, the old LGN rubber wrestlers were way better, you know, and, uh, I always wanted Jimmy Snooker though. I never got Superfly. I can remember I had all of them. I had tons of them, but never had Superfly. And and like I, I I think I've said on here before, every summer we would go visit my grandma in BC, and she lived in White. Well, she ended up in Vernon, but at the time when we were really young, she was in White Rock, and uh, we'd go for two weeks in White Rock. But part of that trip, we would go across the border into Seattle. And we go to some Mariner games. I've talked about this before. Anyway, point is, we didn't have Toys R Us in Saskatoon at the time. But in Seattle, where we stayed, like, a few blocks away, there was a big mall or whatever. There was a big Toys R Us. So my parents would take us there. And this may as well have been Disney World to us. Well... More so me. Well, my brother too, but because he's but he's like six years younger, so he was really small. Because I was, you know, eight or nine, so he would have been like two or three. So he didn't really know what was going on. But I was just in seventh heaven, and every time, of course, I first thing I would do would be go to the wrestler section, hoping, oh, you know, in Seattle's got to have Jimmy Snuka. Nothing. Never could find Jimmy Snuka, and uh, yeah. And it was, uh, 
but I will say in Seattle, I did find AWA figures, and they had the Road Warriors, and I, I and I knew who the Road Warriors were from the wrestling magazines, so I had to buy the Road Warriors. These little, of course, it was AWA, so they were cheap little plastic kind of He-Man looking guys. They weren't as good as the rubber wrestlers, but I did have, I did have the Road Warriors. Had to get those guys. Look at this. I'm completely boring everybody, but I'm just telling you my Christmas uh, toys. But I mean, most of the time. We'd always get like a hockey stick or a new baseball glove. Like we got sports stuff, right? And then when you got a little older and like Nintendo came around, you get the you know we'd each get a Nintendo game that we wanted, you know. But then uh, other than that, yeah, it was always usually sporting stuff and like clothes, right? Um, but every once in a while, but I know when I was really young, when I was like five or six, I got a rod hockey table. Um, yeah, it had to be like when I was four or five because the, the guys on there were actually helmetless. I got the Bruins and the Rangers. I could still remember. God damn, I wish I still had that. I mean, it got thrown out years ago when we were cleaning up the parents' place, the basement. We were, oh, if I'd only known, I would have kept that. But yeah, we had the rod hockey and, uh, yeah, but I think the wrestlers and G.I. Joe, that was Star Wars. That was really big when I was younger. Yeah, had the X-wing fighter and the Millennium Falcon, and which we still, my parents, I still have. My parents, that's the one thing my parents did do is they kept all of our toys and stuff. So, yeah, when you go into the basement, all the stuff is packed away. The Star Wars stuff, the wrestlers. Anyway, point of my story was I remember I can't remember who it was um, that I was telling the. Anyway, um, I ended up uh, years. It was a few years ago. There's a big kind of a community garage sale. Um, a few uh, in the in the next air community over from us, and it's huge. People park on like, you know, park and like walk in basically. And there's tons of people. This is in the middle of summer. All gets hot out on the weekend, and everybody goes to it. I'm not a huge garage sale guy, but whatever. I figured we're not doing anything. Let's wander around. Hey, they might have some old hockey cards. Actually, I've, I've actually ended up scoring a couple hockey card deals from there. Ah, we're wandering around, whatever. It's hot as shit. And I, it's got. It seems always seemed like a great idea until about a half an hour in of just looking at junk, and then it's like, yeah, okay, let's. You know, you're you're giving the wife the iggy. Like, let's get out of here, right? But uh, kind of when we were leaving, one of the last places I looked at had old wrestling figures, and they were beat to shit. But I found a Jimmy Snuka in the bottom of the box. And he was all beat up and chipped and painted, whatever. And I think the guy wanted like five bucks. And I'm like, I gave, and I don't want to be that guy where I'm going to barter, but I legitimately only had like a toonie on me. Because I had bought some hockey cards already. And, uh, two bucks. Okay. So I gave him two bucks. So I ended up getting Jimmy Snuka. For no, and it's not like, oh, I'm going to play with him now, but it was more just like, damn it, I finally got him. And then now he's in a box buried under my parents' stairs. So, but whatever. It was more the symbolism of the thing. <coughs> but yeah, there, there's my Christmas toys. Uh, but yeah, what am I talking about here? I should have led with this, actually. But a friend of mine, old Bob Fack out in Penticton, B.C., is... Uh, had a little bit of a health scare with some with some heart issues, and uh, he is at home resting comfortably now, uh, which was good to hear. His sister Lisa got a hold of me and told me that. And I've known Bob for thirty years, and uh, yeah, and uh, of course I'm pretty well guaranteeing. I know he's listening though, but I'm I, I'm sure everybody listening is has no idea who I'm talking about. But he is. Uh, but if you do. There is a GoFundMe up for him right now, and I hope that would people would give to it. If anybody out there listening knows who I'm talking about, he works at the gym in Penticton, and uh, he is a great guy. The nicest, probably the nicest human I've ever met. Like I always say, like rabid dogs would go out of their way not to bite Bob. That's how nice he is. Um, so I was uh, a little worried when his, well, I was quite worried when his sister uh, Lisa got a hold of me told me kind of what had happened and uh but uh, he is i phoned the other day he has bounced back and resting at home comfortably and uh he had to restart his heart and everything but he's rolling now so which is good to hear but uh anytime it's your heart obviously it's a little scary to hear and you know at 50 years old he's too young for that sort of thing but uh yes but modern medicine got him going and uh bob if you were listening to this uh keep fighting man and uh 
I will talk to you soon. But uh, yes, I wanted to talk about that. Um, so please indulge me. Thank you. Or thank you for indulging me. Oh, I was going to say, uh, I had started off on a few of these Sundays. I was going to have like a trivia question. And I think I forgot like the last two Sundays. But I do have one because I, I wanted, I have a, a little sticky note right here and it has show ideas and I have a bunch of stuff written down. Um, and one of them is an IHL show. I really want to do an IHL show and because uh, I love the IHL and uh, like the real IHL, not the new IHL that the UHL turned itself into, not that. But, you know, like Kalamazoo and Orlando and Grand Rapids and that sort of thing. Um, now, granted, I know, I think it's been, the the IHL was around since the 40s. My, my obviously... Uh, history with it is like 80s and on or to 01 when it ended um, so that would obviously be what I was talking about but I would like to get more into the talk a little bit about the history and just some of the tougher guys that have gone through that league actually it was cool when I talked to Pete Vandermeer yesterday um, We he, I didn't realize he had actually tried out for the Detroit Vipers and uh, so we had a little IHL talk there and uh, I really enjoyed it, but I'd like to get maybe Mike McWilliam or something back on. I mean, I, we talked about the IHL one in his interview with me, but uh, I'd like to just sort of just focus in on that and uh, get maybe a couple guys that played in the eye and just get their feelings about it. Um, it was such a cool league and just some just solid toughness in that league. But my my trivia question today is: Who is the all-time IHL penalty minute leader? So I will give you the answer at the end of the show. I got to make sure to do that. Sometimes I sign off, and then I realize oh, I didn't give him the I didn't give him the answer. Um, but yes, who is the all time IHL career penalty minute leader? Other than that, um, yeah. Speaking, like I said, with topics, um, I've stopped and started this episode like three times, so I can't remember if I'm doubling up on what I'm saying. So if I happen to double up in this episode, um, I've already talked about this. It's not head trauma. Forget you know. Forgive me. Um, it's just I've literally hit stop and start like three times, and uh, come back to this. So and I've forgotten each time. Like I don't have a format written in front of me, so I don't know where I am or what I've said already. Um, yes, like I said, a very very professional setup here. Um, and here I am. I I said all the time. I I come on here and like I rip all these fucking podcasts for being shitty and stuff. And then here's mine. Just babbling about LGN wrestlers and uh, whatever show formats and topics, and I'm all over the place. Oh, if anybody's wondering, we lost the sponsor, so I'm not going to mention their name because they're not giving us any money anymore. But yeah, so I'm not going to mention them. So I'm going to tell Joe to save his money and forget the jerseys. Joe, buy Lego. Yeah, we're working on other, on other sponsors. I'll I'll uh, I'll try to. Because I'd like to try to help you guys out with some like some savings, right? And uh, but I want the I want it to be a decent company and stuff. So I'll get back to you. Hopefully, as we get here in the new year and some deals can get done with some sponsors here for the network, I can hit you with some good stuff. But yes, but I'm not trying to talk about that company anymore. I tried to give you clowns money, and you're yeah brutal. Anyway, so that's why if anybody's wondering. Why I'm not talking about Joe's jersey purchases anymore. That's why. But I do have a business to talk about. They're not sponsoring the show. In fact, I never even talked to him about doing this. I don't even know if he knows I'm doing this. But if you are in the Lloydminster area and you need tires or you need a tire fixed, you need a rim fixed, you want rims. You want to put some uh, some 24s on that uh, Cadillac of yours or on your SUV, some spinners on your minivan. I don't know if you have spinners, but I don't know. He could probably get you some. Or you need winter tires, like I said. You know, it's crazy out there. Can't stand a fourth. Owner, operator, friend of the show. Fountain Tire in Lloydminster for all your tire needs. And Kent's a good dude. Like I said, you got to buy tires anyway. So why not go see Kent? And while you're in there, he'll tell you a Toporowski story. Or a WHL story. Tell him Darren from the fourth line voice sent you at the desk. I always tell you to say that. I don't know if that will get you anything, but... It might. I don't know. Might get you coffee. Might get you escorted out. I'm not sure. But no, seriously. Lloydminster, if you're around the area in Lloyd, get your tires from Fountain Tire. Kent's a good dude. The Border City. For my American listeners, it is called the Border City because actually the border of Saskatchewan and Alberta goes right through downtown. 
right through Main Street. The town is the the town of Lloydminster is divided. It would be the city of Lloydminster at this point, not the town. The city of Lloydminster is divided in half. You have the Alberta side and the Saskatchewan side, so that's why it is called the Border City. I would think Fountain Tire is on the Alberta side. I'm not quite sure. Probably so that way you can save some tax money. But uh, regardless, Kent's a good dude. Help him out. Support local business or and local businessman. Kent's been a proud member of that community there for many years, so there you go. Fountain Tire. There, that's my sponsor. Like I said, I don't really know. I wouldn't call him a sponsor of the show, but he's just a good person that I want to mention. Do you have a product? Do you want to get on on here? So you can have dozens and dozens of people hear me talk about it? Actually, I do a little better than dozens. I'm not going to brag about my audience, because I don't know how many it is, but I, I know it's more than a dozen. If you have something to promote, I'll promote it. I'm a, I'm a shill. Bought and paid for a shill. Alright, let's talk about some hockey. Hey, you guys, there there is a very good follow on Twitter, and if you're not on Twitter, I'm going to tell you anyway, but is called his account is Tough Guy Numbers, and he, uh, yeah, he's always breaking down numbers, and basically it's analytics, but for tough guys, so yes. And he put an interesting tweet out today. All-time Gordie Howe hat-trick leaders. All-time Gordie Howe hat-trick leaders, yeah. So of course the Gordie Howe hat trick. I mean everyone listening knows, but if you don't, it's a goal. It's in the same game if you get a goal and assist in a fight. So number one, Rick Tockett at eighteen. Second was Shanahan with seventeen. Third was third was a tie between two guys, Wilf Paymont and Brian Sutter with sixteen each, and then uh, fourth or fifth depending on how you look at it, uh, Tiger Williams with fifteen. So there you go. Rick Talk at the all-time Gordie Howe hat-trick leader. That's including regular season and playoffs. So there we go. 18. Actually, I think right after Tiger, if I remember correctly, was Aginla with 13. But uh, And Dave Taylor, I think. There was a couple guys tied with 13. It was Aginla for sure and Dave Taylor for sure. There was a third guy, and I can't remember who it is now. But Cam Neely, that's who it was. Actually, one of the things I wanted to, uh, I was going to talk about, and I actually talked to uh, Dave, the History of Hockey Fights, about this, and uh, my, I, I sent him a very vague direct, like a direct tweet about it, and uh, what, and I don't think he understood what I meant. Um, well, I, in my, as I was typing it, I knew what I meant, but I didn't type it that way, and it was more like underappreciated. I think I said underrated, but underappreciated would be a better word. Underappreciated tough guys. And, uh, you know, and I asked uh, Probertus King is this as well, Steve. Of course, Steve broke out, he throws out half the guys from the 60s and 70s. I'm like, holy fuck, I don't know anything about those guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, Al McAdam and all these guys. And I mean, I've heard of their names and I've, you know, seen a few of their fights. But I'm far from speaking on them with any confidence. So I'll have to get him on to do that. But, uh... I was asking Dave, and he was kind of... he. The first name he kind of threw out was Al Stewart. And I was like, well, yeah, he fought a lot, but he was, you know, kind of a catcher. And so then he was like, well, then I don't know what you mean. Like, he's underrated, underappreciated, you know. And it's true, he is. And I understood what Dave was saying. And I did word it wrong. Um, I threw out Bill Heward. And then, you know, as Dave said, well, outside of, like, two big wins, you know, um, he wasn't really sure about that, but... Um, which was, you know, as, and then I went and, of course, investigated the matter on YouTube the other night, and I was like, yeah, yeah, he's sort of right. Because um, actually what initially got me to, about this topic was I was playing some Hershey, an old Hershey Bears DVD, and uh, what year was it now? Uh, where is it? It was in the early 90s. Um, it was, anyway, it was when Reed Simpson was there. And um, I'm watching it, and like every third fight's Reed Simpson. And it was like, and I always knew Reed was tough, but um, I was just like, you know, damn, like, this guy got into some really good fights, and, and again, it was one of those, it wasn't like I didn't know, I mean, I knew who Reed Simpson was, I knew he was tough as shit, I've seen a million of his fights, but it was sort of like a, at that moment, a realization of like, you know what, he is like a lot better than I thought, and it, 
And so I went on, anyway, I went on YouTube and I ended up having like a read. This is where Drop Your Gloves would have been so much better because you could just go right to his fight card. Of course, all, everything was boom, boom, boom. Anyway, we've all cried and bitched about the, the demise of Drop Your Gloves enough. But anyway, I went on YouTube and I just, you know, read Simpson. And I went through the, went down the rabbit hole and damn, you know. And it was like, you know, we had the great fight, uh, like a great fight with McSorley. Um, Lang, he had an awesome one with Langdon. Um, you know, I mean, everybody, you know, he had that real tough knockout with Grimps and the one punch there. That was tough. But uh, I think Probert got him a little bit too. But but he had a great fight with Mel Engelstad in the preseason. But just overall, just a tough dude. And it was like, I've and if you go to my fourth line voice on YouTube, i got to pump the YouTube channel. Um I actually have some Reed Simpson fights when he was in Prince Albert. And, you know, tough there. I mean, some good ones with Chase and, uh, yeah, Kaminsky. Who's the other one against? Kaminsky, I believe. Um, yeah. But just a tough dude. And, um, and I kind of got to think it. And I said, I was saying to Steve, I said, you know, while we're just kind of trying to come up with names for the underappreciated, and, and, um, I was saying to Dave, I, I said, the one thing, like he said, underappreciated by who? We know how good they are. And, I, and I, he was right, and I, I said, well, I guess I'll put it this way. Um, I've always viewed the people that listen to my show as, I don't want to say recreational fight fans, that's not the right word. Dave and myself, or guys like Steve, we're really hardcore, just because we own so much, so, many DV, so much footage, we've seen so much stuff. And we were, we were deep into the message boards back in the day. So, I mean... Uh, we we we've just seen a lot of stuff and analyzed stuff because that's our hobby. We were fight guys, so we were really we were really into this. Whereas other guys, like my friends, are like, yeah, they know the fights and they'll you know on they know who Baumgartner and Twist are. But I mean, you know, most of my friends that are like, oh, I like Ken Baumgartner, they probably couldn't tell you he played for the New Haven Nighthawks. You know, I mean, they they would know he played in Prince Albert. And then his NHL teams. And, oh, I remember the one fight he had with Buckberger or whatever. And, but other than that, I mean, they just know he's... He has the, the mullet, wears the Yofa, and left-handed, you know. And But they can't... They're not going to start naming you off his greatest hits. But they just know he's tough. Those are sort of the people that are listening to this show. Now, granted, there's some diehards. I know there's some old FC guys that listen to this show. And, you know, they, they know... I'm sure they've yelled at their dashboard a few times, like, oh, Darren, you stupid bastard. No, it was this and this and this. You know, because there were some really knowledgeable guys that were, you know, and I have always said, there's some dudes that are like Rain Man shit when it comes to this stuff. Like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I know he fought him back on, uh, you know, February 10th, uh, 1987, uh, you know, at uh, the old Chicago Stadium. Uh, There was our second period at about the five-minute mark. Like, there's dudes that are literally like that. I know a guy, Warren in Winnipeg, is like that. And it's like, the dude's like a savant when it comes to, like, fights and shit. You want to know a Winnipeg Jets fighter in the 80s? Yeah, that's your hookup right there. And uh, and he's, Warren's a good dude. I wonder if he listens to my podcast. I haven't talked to Warren in a long time. Warren, I, if you listen, phone me. Or I'll phone you over the holidays here when I'm on break. I'll give you a call. Um, but yeah, so, and actually Warren, for all you people out there uh, that don't know, was a real huge contributor to Drop Your Gloves. I know many people listening, you know, pine for the loss of, uh, Drop Your Gloves. Well, when you went and looked up the fight card, that shit didn't happen by magic. Someone had to put that in, research it, the box scores, come up with all that, and then enter it into the Drop Your Gloves website. Warren was huge. In doing that, especially the WHL stuff, because if you ever notice the OHL guys back in the day, a lot the fight cards weren't there or they were incomplete. Not a lot of OHL historic numbers or names there. Whereas the WHL, bang, you hit it and it was there. That Warren was a Western Hockey League guy, and he did a ton of research. He's been doing it for years and years, so he was the one a big, huge driving force in. A major contributor to that site. So whenever I think of that guy, the owner of that site, fucking everyone over when he closed it down. And if you are listening to this, fuck you. You're an asshole. The few times I dealt with you, you were a dickhead. So go fuck yourself. You know, in all seriousness, fuck you. 
you know, because you had a ton of people help you and you screwed them all over. You could have just sold it to one of those guys. There's a bunch of guys here that would have went to got together and bought and paid to keep that site going. But you're such a narcissistic asshole that you just had to sink the whole thing. And it just and it wasn't fair. And I know a guy like Warren who Oh, distractions, distractions, answering phones. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, so basically how how tough Reed Simpson was. And another guy, I, I was going to say, basically <laughs> underappreciated. Every guy that loses in the first round of the Proverton Invitational Tournament on Twitter. Um, but like I said, I, I talked to Steve and Dave about this, and uh, as well as John in the UK. And I mean, they were talking like, oh, NHL or minor league, minor league guys could do forever. Same with junior guys. But uh, um, I don't know. Like I said, Reed Simpson. Randy McKay was another one. Um, you know, 175 fights had, you know, dropped Brown. And, um, you know, two Stanley Cups. It was a hell, actually a really solid player. Um, had a hell of a career, like 900 games. Um, and just would get into wars. Like, yeah, he took a couple, um, you know, some dirty kickings. But overall, just wide open. And would just give her, like, do yourself honestly do yourself a favor and uh, look up Randy McKay. Like I said, I'm, I'm like I'm sure everyone listening has like heard, you know obviously you've heard of these people you've seen some of their fights but um, do yourself a favor one night and just go on YouTube and like some of these names I'm going to give you just type them in and just you'll be entertained. Like even like I said even for me like I own all these fight DVDs and I always you know. And you think you've seen everything, you know, in a that broad sense. I mean, I know I haven't seen anything, but you know what I'm saying. <clears throat> to coin a phrase. But uh, all of a sudden you go back, you start revisiting guys, and um, you forget. Another, like Dennis Vial, another guy. You know, um, I, always, I always say with Vial, it's funny, you watch him fight, and of course the gear, all the rigging comes off, and he's still throwing, and... It's like he's like I always say he's like the he looks like the in shape fat guy you know like I know he's not fat but he's like fleshy like his head's like really big and he kind of looks like he's kind of a, not fat that's not the wrong but he's kind of it looks like kind of the the thicker overweight guy but he's not but it's just he sort of has that appearance it's weird um, but uh, he got oh man what well, fight you need to look up Dennis Vial Stu Grimson in a preseason fight the camera angle the footage is a little wonky but. Oof, what a fight. Unbelievable. Steve was the one that pointed me in that one, and that was unbelievable, that fight. Another guy that Dave brought up that I, you know, that I had slept on and forgot about until he, I didn't forget about him, but just how good he was, Terry Karkner. You know, big, rangy D-man there, and I mean, with I went and watched, I was watching some of his Quebec stuff the other night. You know, him and Byers, of course, had that good one. I think that was on Rock'em Sock'em. And, you know, then when he's in Philly, and he was just one of those guys, he was always kind of a, you know, uh, kind of like a number three, you know, one of those just a solid, gritty D-man, played a long time, and was just, you know, wasn't a huge fight guy, like, I didn't put up huge minutes or huge fight numbers, but was always around, it reminded me of like a Dean Kennedy, there's another guy, go back, you watch the old Dean Kennedy stuff, you know, he's got the fucking, the old helmet on, and you play for the Jets and the Kings, and yeah, but just some beauty tilts, you know, just one those old sandpaper D-men, you know, Glassing out for good first pass, solid checker would be in front of the net would just abuse you, and if and if you wanted to play fuck around as William would say, they drop the gloves and they could lay one on, they could put a beating on you. Guys like that, but like a Bobby Rouse, Todd Gill, Tenorti, Danico, you know, just these Marchment, you know, just these defensemen that were just fucking mean bastards, right? That just don't exist anymore, you know, and. Um, yeah, just guys, I miss those guys, you know, um, another guy, like a defense, Paul Laws, like, unbelievable, like, the only guy I ever saw drop Baruby, you know, with an uppercut, uh, just awesome, you know, and it's a shame that his, I know his wrist got all buggered up, and that's what he had to retire, he was forced to retire early, but just one of those, just made a big name for himself in Florida, and I know everybody's, oh, Peter Worrell, he's six, you know, everybody talks about, and rightfully, Worrell's a bad dude, for sure, but just laws, night in and night out was there, and I think the one, I think he held the record for most fights in a year, I think, he was 44, um, I believe, and, uh, 
but just soldiering on and just tough guy and yeah paul laws l-a-u-s i'm sure like i said i'm sure most of the people listening i mean it's like you know who these guys are and you've seen them fight but do a real like a deep dive one night on these guys and you will not be disappointed um another guy that john brought up paul cruz cruise missile there you go like a real underrated kind of shotgun guy he was never that team have but he was always number two um i know he was over in the uk for a while unbelievable and oh he could hit and uh fun uh i have actually talked to mel engelstad about this i remember talking to mel and i said uh you know it was a standard fanboy question but i was i was generally interested i'm like who's the one guy that like hits you and you were like fuck that sucked like, just could hit. And it, right away, without hesitating, Paul Cruz, he said. And, like, you go look up Mel Engelstad, Paul Cruz from the IHL when Cruz was in Chicago. Oh, you watch that fight. He blasts Mel. And, like, Mel said, oh, yeah, my eyes spun around. And he goes, yeah, Cruz could hit. And you just think for Mel Engelstad to say that, you think of the guys that Mel's fought, that's covering a lot of ground. So, yeah. And, uh,. Another guy in Edmonton, like you talk about tough guys in Edmonton in the 80s, it's an inevitably always, and rightfully so, it goes to Samanko and McSorley, the two guys. But Kevin McClellan, I'm telling you, Paul, I've, I've been recently kind of, wa- I was playing a DVD, it was a, it was like an 85, I think, 86, something like that, mid-80s NHL mixtape, and there's a bunch of Oilers stuff on there, and like there's a whole bunch of McClellan fights, kind of, and I'm watching them, I'm like, damn, you know, and I know it was one fight that I have on my YouTube channel. Um, it's actually John Cordick's first NHL fight. It's in the preseason when Cordick's with Montreal and McClellan's at Edmonton. And unbelievable. Just type in McClellan Cordick. Go look it up on YouTube. One of the best fights you'll ever see. Unbelievable. Yeah. So it was just interesting. Anybody out there listening, if you're on Twitter, send me. I'd be interested in your thoughts like an underappreciated guy. Um, I don't want to say underrated because, like I said, for the us fight nerds, we knew how good these guys were and stuff. But I think underappreciated is a better word. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So send me a, drop me a line if you're not on Twitter. Um, I always say hockeyfights at hotmail dot com. Send me an email. That's right. I still have a hotmail account. Old school. First email account I ever had. I mean, I have a million email accounts now. I mean, yeah, if I'm signing up at work for something, oh, hockey fights at hockey, you know, no. You know, I have, I have actual, like, a, an adult email account. But for, for stuff like this where it's, like, my fight and hobby-related stuff, um, hockey, hockey fights at hotmail.com. And if anybody out there listening, if you, have, if you have an old VHS tape of stuff you filmed or you recorded, off the TV, whether it be NHL stuff or old local junior stuff or whatever from the local cable company, please let me know. I'd love to see it. I can tra- I'll can i figure out how to transfer that stuff or whatever, and we can get it on DVD, and we can get it up on YouTube for people to see. Believe me, you're like, oh, no, it's just like local junior A stuff, and nobody wants to see that. Oh, yes, they do. I can tell you they do. I put up junior, some of my most popular videos on my YouTube channel are junior A stuff. Because believe me, that guy now from your 1991 local cable of the junior A team, he now has probably has kids that obviously would love to see dad with a mullet when he was 18 kicking ass in some barn in Ontario. Because uh, he's already told, well, back in my day, and they're in the back of the minivan. Oh, yeah, sure, dad. Well, this gives <laughs> this gives him video proof that he actually did. So that stuff is um, we we need to. I know it sounds corny, but it's true. We need to preserve this stuff because it's not it's not out there, and it's gonna it's gone forever unless someone puts it up and and preserves it. And it's sitting on a VHS tape in your parents' basement or up in your attic. It's not doing anything any good. It's just going to disintegrate, and that'll be the end of the tape. So let's seriously let's get this out and recorded and put on dvd or put on hard drive so it's forever you know and like i said someone out there will appreciate seeing it you might shrug and be like who gives a shit but somebody does so if you're out there in the sound of my voice and you have this drop me a line and please i would love to get that footage from you same with pictures uh my boy old pillow punchers on twitter has been putting up a ton of old newspaper articles and stuff lately and great stuff. If you're on Twitter, I suggest you follow them. Pillow Punchers. There's a story behind that. But, uh, yes, 
he's been putting up lots of great stuff. And it's stuff like this, right? It's the old, at the time, you would have thought, why would anybody want this? But you put it up now and you read it. Like the Robert's Brothers fight camp. There's an ad to come to their fight camp. You know, I would, I said, shit, I would have loved to put on skates and gone to the Robert's Brothers fight camp just to get friggin' tied in knots by Sarah's Robert's. That'd be like going to church, man. You know, Steve Adams talks about when he played with my last guest, which, hey, by the way, if you haven't, if you haven't heard, please go listen to that interview. Steve was a great guest and he talks about playing with Sarah's Robert's in Mohawk Valley and working with Sarah's on fighting techniques. And it's like, yeah, that guy was a, you know, genius when it came to that stuff. I had Mike McWilliam on my show, and he talked about fighting Serge Robert. Serge Robert tied Mike McWilliam up so good in his jersey, he had to get the trainer to cut him out of it. That's how tied up he was. Guy was a, a Picasso in the art of fighting. So, yeah, so when I saw the ad, I can't believe, imagine that. Imagine putting an ad out today for a fight camp. Oh, my God. They'd be screaming and crying. But, uh, yeah. The good old, so it's just stuff like that. So if you have old pictures or footage, please get a hold of me. I would love to see that stuff. Or if you need pictures. Hey, if you need pictures of a tough guy in the NHL, you want a probert picture for your man cave or a, I don't know, Glenn Cochran or a Ben Wilson or a Ryan Reeves, whatever, um, let me know. I've got millions of pictures that I can send you, no problem. That you just, I'll send you the their high resolution. They print out. You can head over to Staples. Put them on a memory stick. Head over to Staples. Get 8x10s for like $3. Print them out perfectly. Go to Walmart. I know it's 3 bucks for an 8x10. Boom. There you go. you got Bob Probert's All-Star Game picture. Full color, high res, hanging on your wall for the man cave of Probert and Messi and Gretzky in the All-Star Game. Uh, I have that picture if you want it. Hockey fights at hotmail.com. Just drop me a line. Let me know. Not a problem. Boom, boom. I'll send that over to you. Yeah. I know. It's like 42 minutes in. I really... What did I talk about? It's like... I always say it's like a Seinfeld episode. It's a bunch of nothing. But, um... No, other than that, um... I, I don't know if I brought this up, but I, I, I it struck me funny. One, it struck me funny that Corey Hirsch has me blocked on Twitter. I have never talked to Corey Hirsch or at, tweeted at him in my life. So I'm not sure what he blocked me for. I think... I know he's a... Well, he's an anti-fight guy now, so I'm sure maybe that's why. So I just found it odd that he blocked me. I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever. I I noticed, I had mentioned him. I don't know if I brought this up already, but if I did, bear with me. I'll I'll repeat it. But uh, a few episodes back, no, I did talk about this, the Mitchell Miller thing, when I talked about it, and a guy named Big D got a hold of me, and we privately went back and forth at each other. He disagreed with what I was saying, but... We had a, and I brought it up on on the uh, on the show that we had an adult. Uh, it was a little stern at the start, but we weren't name calling each other. But it was, uh, but an adult rational conversation about he stated his opinion, I stated mine, and it was all cool. And at the end, he was like, "Hey, I I, I dig the show. Keep up the good work." And I'm like, "Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it." Why well, I, I went and noticed he blocked me. I'm like. Okay, what did you block me for? I mentioned in one of the episodes that I had had this conversation with him, and it was all cool, and I appreciated him listening to the show. I said it on my on my podcast, and I noticed the other day on Twitter he blocked me. I was like, okay, so dude, I don't know, dude, if you're listening, what what would you block me for? You know, I I thought we were cool. I thought we had an adult back and forth. You, I stated my position. You stated yours. You, okay, we went on from there. We were all cool at the end. And all of a sudden, he blocks me on Twitter. It's like, okay, like, I don't, did I say something in the meantime to offend you? I don't know, but yeah, getting blocked by folks here on Twitter. I mean, I blocked a thousand people on Twitter, so I get it. But it was just sort of an odd. Uh, it was an odd take. I know. Good thing. The answer to the trivia question: Who is the IHL's all-time penalty minute leader? Kevin Evans. In 10 years, he recorded 3,085 penalty minutes, including sitting in 86-87 with the Kalamazoo Wings, setting the Professional Hockey League record with 648 minutes and penalties in one season, and that is in 73 games. But he also had 19 goals and 50 points. So imagine that, 50 points in 648 minutes in 73 games. Motherfucker, that means there was shit happening every time that guy stepped on the ice. I laugh. After his 600-minute season, he followed it up with a, a paltry 400 the second season. But yeah, imagine 3,000 minutes and 10 seasons in the IHL. Kevin Evans, dude, was like five foot ten too. You know, 
Actually, I talked to somebody on, on Twitter a, long, a while ago. It was a couple of years back. But he's like, claimed to be, well, I don't know why he, why he would lie, but he was friends with Kevin Evans. Or they, or they worked together. Something like that. And I was just like, oh, dude, yeah, I'd love to have Kevin Evans on my show. I'd like to ask him, how, do you, how does a person record 648 minutes? And it was funny, like six, seven, seven seasons later, when the dude's like in his early thirties, he puts up like a five hundred minute season in the in the East Coast League in Mississippi. Oh, folks, we're stopping and starting and stopping and starting. I don't even know where I'm at anymore. I think I was talking about Kevin Evans. Anyway, folks, I will uh, I will stop. Yeah, but I've been stopping and starting this episode, and I got things going on and everything else. But um, <clears throat> I do have uh, before I go, I I dug up one of my old episodes and it's actually from this time at about I guess it'd be three years ago um, I labeled the the uh, episode the brawl at the mall um, it's a little misleading but it's a it, it, it was a funny confrontation I had with a guy that looked like George Costanza and uh, it was a run-in at the Lawson Heights Mall while Christmas shopping and uh, it was one I think it was like episode 15 on my old show um, I'm gonna I will play that audio the 15 minute story or whatever that I tell from that episode, I will play it right now at the, or at the end of the show here. Um, before I go, um, yeah, so I think the, uh, in the video or in the video, in the audio, I talk about, uh, maybe we'll just shop on Amazon these days. So the foreshadowing, um, before I go, I should have done this at the start, but, uh, on the network, of course, there's, there's 40 shows on the network. Um, all the NHL teams are represented. And of course, with the, with the league getting fired up to go, um, you know, they'll be in full, full swing. So, uh, whatever, uh, team you're a fan of, there is a show for you. And, uh, as well as, um, as far as the original content on the show, on the network, it's, uh, uh, myself, obviously, and uh, Terry Ryan is on the network, and Brad Lieb as well. Um, he's new to the episode, or new to the uh, network. So, um, yeah. So, for, as far as original content goes, um, of course, Terry just uh, you know released the second book, uh, Fights, Film, and Folklore. Um, if you're interested in picking that up, Terry Ryan 2020 at Gmail. Get a hold of him; he'll autograph it and uh, mail it out to you. Um, it might probably be too late for Christmas at this point, but at any rate, if you're going to get the book anyway, um, it's a you know I I would highly, I haven't got it yet. I it's on on the way here. Um, it's in shipping, but um, yeah, if it's like I always say, if it's half as good as this first one, it'll be uh, it'll be awesome. So. Um, other than that, for the off network, uh, of course, Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast, who was back in the saddle, just released an episode. He did an interview with Frank Littlejohn, of course, a minor league legend, and I've uh, got that on my phone. I look forward to listening to that at work on Monday. So uh, it's good to see Alec back in the game. Really interested, you know. Frank, uh, you know, played forever, played all over the minors, and uh, apparently he had some really good stories. So I'm really looking forward to listening to that. And of course, Joe over at the Coliseum Chronicles, uh, he covers the Islanders. Um, he's had for. Dakota, uh, Strudwig, Asham, all those guys, Eric Bolton, um, Joe does a great job. I know, and he's recently doing some seasons episodes where he breaks down a season of, of a guy, and it's the 0506 season, I believe, of Eric Goddard is his latest episode, and he, um, you know, he just breaks down the fights that Goddard had, and, uh, and you know, incidents that happened or whatever, and it's just a, it's a really cool, interesting look at, like, a, a, when you really put it under a microscope, a guy's season, it's a... Uh, I always say I'm going to totally steal that idea and, uh, you know, in the future uh, look into doing that. But, uh, yeah, Joe over the Coliseum Chronicles and, of course, uh, Paul, Dan, and Kelly at the Obey the Puck show and uh, Fred and Dave at the Slewfoot show. You know, a couple of uh, current shows as well for you. So, and, uh, you know, they're, they're good people. So support those folks if uh, you're looking for some hockey, some current hockey information. But, uh, yeah, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. Like I said, this episode was sort of all over the place. Um, it's tough. I got busy this week, and, of course, then I did my interview with uh, Van, um, Vandermeer. And uh, next thing you know, it's Saturday afternoon, and I realized I haven't done anything for the Sunday show. And uh, um, and if I was going to talk on a topic, I really want to you know, be informed about it and, uh, and do some reference or do some research. And, uh, you know, I just really wasn't able to do that, uh, this week. And, uh, so I've, I've kind of a, I, I don't want to say I mailed this in, but sort of a sloppy episode all over, which, um, I'm kind of actually really irritated with myself. Although I'm happy I found that old audio of the brawl at the mall. So this will be kind of entertaining. Um, but, um, and I'll have a follow-up to that next week about that, about this episode, um, or about that incident. But um, other than that, guys, uh, 
check in on Wednesday. Like I said, Wednesday is uh, interview day, and then uh, Sunday is uh, the potpourri show, as we call it. Although today it's the uh, sling some mud against the wall show, I think. But uh, yeah, it's just goofy. And like I said, it's doors been ringing and phones have been ringing, and yeah, it's all kind of all over today. But uh, yeah, anyway. Um, I'll get out of here, but Wednesday's episode will be with Mike Haley, and I think you guys will really dig the episode. It's uh, Mike was a great guest and a really interesting story, and uh, you know it was a real, real perseverance story, and I think you guys will really, really enjoy it. And um, yeah, so that was really cool. I was glad you could come on. But uh, anyway, I'll shut up. I'll get out of here. This has been another Sunday episode, but uh, enjoy this segment of the brawl at the mall, and uh, I will see you guys on. I'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. All right, thanks, guys. First of all, I'm going to preface this by saying, um, I've always when yeah when I was younger, there you know you always you have a few scrapes and uh, some you know some house party stupidity and everything else. Uh, first of all, I'm going to claim I've never claimed to be fucking Tony Twist. I'm not the I am not going to sit here and say oh I'm undefeated in street fights and yeah uh, no no I was never in that many street fights. Thankfully, I don't know who would want to be. Um, so I'm certainly no fucking barroom brawl or anything else, but got into a few back in the day. You know, you got to back the boys up a couple times and shit hits the fan, stuff like that. Uh, fortunately, I've, I've never been knocked out or, you know, dummied or anything, but, uh, so I always knock on wood. Fortunately, that never happened. But, but as I've gotten older and with the jobs I've had in corporate sales and then as a security at, at a bar and uh, so on and so forth. And then with my current job in the government dealing with people. And I also worked at a casino. So I was used to dealing with drunk, addicted, losing gamblers. So I've been called every name in the book and been confronted and yelled at and blah, blah, blah for the last fucking 20 years. Over that time, I've definitely learned to maintain my head Remain calm. Don't. I'm not a spaz out. Face gets red. Ah, person. I'm not that guy. I don't flip out and shit. I've prided myself on like maintaining my head, and even when like in confrontations, like pushing to whatever, maintaining my ability to think and my okay. This if this happens, this is what I'm going to do and whatever. I've really worked on that sort of thing. I don't want to say I I sit out in the park cross legged Zen yoga all that stuff. Which, if you do, that's cool. Um, I'm not that in touch with my inner peace, but I'm a pretty fucking calm dude in general. In my life, I'm, you know, I have a zero job stress. I don't have stress at my job, and uh, I'm a pretty mellow dude overall. You know, uh, like a, you know, like my wife would tell you around here. If the fucking condo was on fire, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'll get out. I just got to finish my sandwich first. It's like that kind of shit. She'll even tell you that. This is there's a point to this, so I'm getting there. Okay, so it is two weeks before Christmas, and I can see why people shop on Amazon now instead of going to the mall at Christmas time. But I go to a mall here in Saskatoon, Lawson Heights Mall. I had to go to London Drugs first of all to get a prescription filled, so I go in there, and give it to the pharmacist. Oh, it's going to be about twenty minutes, no problem. So I'm going to go walk through the mall. So I'm walking through the mall, checking shit out. And it's actually, it's not, it's, you know, it's Christmas time and it's, it's Sunday and it's middle of the afternoon, but it really isn't, it's, it's busy, but not ridiculous, but there's definitely people around. So I'm wandering around and in the, in this mall, there's a collectible store that I like to stop in. He's got framed autograph pictures and all that shit. You know, I wander through, actually, I never, I think I've been in that store a hundred times. I think I bought, well, I bought in card packs of cards now and again, but <clears throat> overall I don't buy too much. I like his ship and it's kind of expensive. But, anyway, I go through the thing. Once again, don't buy anything. I walk out, and now I'm going to go sit at the old farts, in the old uh, the old penalty box with the old timers, right? You know, the benches in the middle of the mall where the, where the old guy's waiting for the wife, right? Because my mom had texted me. So, okay, I'm going to answer mom back on the text here. So I go and sit on the bench and answer her back. After I'm done doing that. Because I'm not one of these walk and text people or staring at my phone while I'm walking. I hate that shit. So I fucking, I'm sitting there, I text her, okay, put it in my pocket, I get up to go. A few stores down from this, there's, um, like down in the States, I think I'm trying to, what is it called now? Hot Topic, one of those types of 
stores. You know, they got all the t-shirts and blah, blah, blah. The Nirvana Metallica shirt, if that's what you want. All that sort of piercings and earrings and all that stuff. Oh, it's one of these stores. Okay. On the... My my rival here, old Costanza, who we're about to meet, him, his wife, and his two teenage kids, they're about 13, 14-year-old looking two kids. They're standing on, like, the threshold of the store mall. They're right sort of, like, where the sliding doors would go when they're closing up. They're right on that, they're that like I said, on the, uh, right there. They're all, they're standing there, the four of them. I didn't really notice them. I'm not looking at them. But I'm looking directly over their head. On this, on a wall rack was a baby, like a onesie. And it was an ACDC onesie. Now, my friend is about to have a child. And he hates ACDC. And and I'm an ACDC guy. So him and I have argued about this a bunch of times. So I'm looking at this ACDC baby onesie. And of course my wheels are turning, right? Like, oh, I should get that. That would be funny. So I'm kind of looking at it, and as I'm looking at it, like I said, it's directly over their heads. And I haven't even, I I know they're there, but I'm not looking at them or whatever. I'm just, whatever. I'm staring at this onesie, and I kind of give it the, ha, ah, you know. You know, you kind of, ha, ah, you know, toss your head back and kind of, ah, that's funny. Ah, you know, whatever. This is what I, I think. That's what I did. And I'm th- And my only thing to start this whole thing, I guess, I don't know if he thought, I was laughing at him or his family for some reason. I don't know why he would think that, but whatever. I don't know if that's what set him off. But anyway, I kind of, ha, you know, looking at the onesie. All of a sudden I get, hey, what are you looking at? Like it's fucking great, like we're fucking 12 years old, right? So I look down, and now I'm looking at that family, and I'm looking at him. And I swear to God, folks, the fucking guy was George Costanza, literally. But a fatter version of George Costanza. But he's about five foot six, thick glasses. He's kind of got a like a fucking puffy jacket on because it's winter here in Saskatoon, and uh, and I'm kind of looking at him, and it's not really register like I hear him, but it's not registering because it was so odd and out of like out of left field. But he says it again, and I look, and now I'm looking at him, so I know he's saying it to me, but I'm kind of uh, what, and I but I'm waiting for him to. Ah, I dare what's happening. Like, do I know that? I'm looking like, do I know this guy? Or do I work with him? Or do I work with his wife? Or do, you know, his kid? What? Like, what's going on? Do I know these? Like, I'm waiting for the punchline, right? And then all of a sudden, he, he looks at me and he, and he goes, uh, yeah, stop looking at my family. So now I know he's serious. And I'm like, I, and this is my response was, what? I go, what are you talking about? I said, I'm looking at the baby onesie on the wall. Um, well, with this, he now storms towards me with a look of, like, fuck, he's going to do something. So I kind of fucking snap up, you know, so I kind of, like, square up a little. I don't put my hands up, but I'm like, okay, like, holy fuck, like, this guy's going to go, really? So I kind of turn, like, well, I better get ready, I guess, if he's going to fucking go for it. But, again, as I said earlier, I'm not claiming to be Tony Twist. But I was not intimidated by this guy in the least. And I am not, I'm like 5'10", 5'11", probably 5'10 and a half. But I'm a fairly wide dude. And I'm not a small person. And I, like I said, I was not fucking intimidated by this. I would have, I was not scared of this person. But at the same time, I'm not going to all of a sudden just fucking charge him. I'm like, what is going... I'm more still in the, what the fuck is going on mode, right? But he's coming at me, so I'm like, okay. He stops about an arm's length, a little out of arm's reach from me. And he says it again, but he goes, yeah, stop looking at my fucking family. And I'm like, I go, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, no one's looking at your family. I'm looking, again... I said, again, I'm looking at the baby onesie. And I'm saying it just like this. I'm not yet. He's sort of with a raised voice a little bit. And I'm not raising my voice at all. I'm talking just like this. And I'm like, I'm looking at the baby onesie. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Relax. At this point, I don't know, sensing something. A store owner and 
I don't want to say it was mall security, but it was somebody to do with the mall. It might have been a janitor. All of a sudden, they show up on the scene, and they're now in between us like the fucking linesman. Oh, hey, calm down, boys, the guy says. And I'm looking at the three of these fucking clowns now. Like, I'm looking around like, where's the camera? Like, this has got to be a fucking bit or something. Like, what are we talking about? Calm down. Like, I'm fine. I don't know what the fuck this guy's deal is. And the funny thing is, as I'm looking, I can look past him and his wife and his kids. They have no reaction to this at all. They're just standing there, like, with no look on their face. Now, which is a little disconcerting, because I know if my wife had been with me, if I had ever done that, if I had, if I had ever, if I ever did that to someone, she would look at me and go, what the fuck are you doing? You're an idiot. Get away from me. And I'm leaving. Is, is her, I know that would be her response. And that's what would happen. But this, it's like, oh, that's just dad being dad again. I, is the response I'm sort of getting from their body language and their lack of anything, which was a little odd. Okay, so now we got the linesman in between us. So, okay. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about incident? There's no incident. I said, I don't know what this guy's problem is. He's yelling at me about something. I said, I'm looking at this onesie in this store. And I now, as we're in, he's got two dudes between. And the one mall guy was kind of a bigger dude. Like, he was like six foot. He was tall, like six two, six three. Well, Costanza's like looking around. And he's kind of like giving the, you know, what do you say, bro? Hey, bro, like, like what? Like, and I'm serious. Oh, and that's the other thing, folks. This dude's probably like I'm 43. This dude's older than I am. Like, this guy's like in his late 40s for sure. Like, it was just bizarre. But he's acting like it's he's literally at a drunk frat party. Like, you know. And I'm like, what? I said, what? Like, I'm looking at this guy. Okay. So the linesman here. The store guy goes, yeah, here, calm down. Uh, yeah, we know we just can't have this stuff going on in the mall, fellas. And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's why I'm leaving. Well, no, before you go, I, I want to do an incident report. And I uh, just need you to come into the store. I'm going to get your name. And, and we're going to write down a few things, you know, just to have it on paper. What the fuck are you people talking? I'm like, now, I'm like I said, I'm a calm dude, whatever. Now, the only thing that started irritating me is mall guy... Now starts, like, trying to, like, not grab me, but he's trying, he's touching me. Trying to sort of guide me into his store, kind of pull me a little bit. And I'm, like, swatting at his hands a little, like, pushing his hands away. And I'm like, don't fucking touch me, dude. Like, what are you doing? Like, get off me. All of you get away from me. Like, back up. And I kind of, I don't want to say I shoved him, but I kind of pushed him a little bit. And I backed up to give myself space between the three of us, you know, or the three of them. And I'm like, stop touching me. Like, what are you doing? Like, get away from me. He was actually irritating me more than fucking Costanza. Because I could barely see Costanza between the other two guys. And he's like, yeah, calm down, sir. And I'm like, I am calm. I'm not yelling. I'm just telling you to stop touching me. I'm not filling out any paperwork. I have no complaint to file. I don't know what this guy's yelling about. Whatever. He can go on his way. I'm leaving down that end of the mall. Leave me alone. Everyone's to stop touching me. So I start to walk away. Okay, I've diffused the situation. <clears throat> what does fucking Costanza say to me? Yeah, walk away, bitch. Ugh, really? Okay. <clears throat> now, so I stop and I turn around. And I just said, I looked at him. I go, fuck, seriously, buddy? I said, with two people between you, now all of a sudden you're fucking, you're talking shit like you're going to do something? And this is now when I got irritated. And I wasn't yelling. I was just talking like this. But I said to him. I said, buddy, I'll slap the fuck out of you. And embarrass the shit out of you. In front of your wife and two kids. So shut your fucking mouth. And go home. You're an idiot. I don't know what your problem is. But go away. To which, after all of this. The wife decides to chime in. She gives, oh, classy in front of the kids. Nice language. This is what she gives me after her idiot husband has started this whole thing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I said, your fucking idiot... Oh, well, that's exactly what I said. Your fucking idiot husband starts this whole thing picking fights with strangers? What are you looking at? Are you serious? I said, well, what do we... What is this, high school? And I said, fuck it. Now, this is where I... Kinda, 
I said, fucking clue in, you dumb bitch. I shouldn't have said that. But at this point, I'm fucking irritated. You know. Well, her, she didn't say anything, but her eyes got really big. Well, now Costanza, he's going to fucking try to plow through these two fucking... Whoa, whoa, whoa. And, they're, and he's like, yeah, keep walking, bitch. Oh, fuck you. Oh, what? I'll, see, I'll see you in the parking lot, he gives me. I said, well, I'm out parked out by London Drugs. Yeah, come on over. You know, I'm just whatever. And I... I, now I continue to walk down the mall, but now all of a sudden I've noticed my surroundings. <clears throat> you know in the movies when the stranger rolls into the small town diner in the small town, and he swings open the door and the music stops, and everybody stares at the door? That's exactly what the mall felt like. It felt like every person that was in that goddamn mall was staring at me. And my face went beet red. I'm looking for phones, right? I'm like, oh yeah, wait, I'm going to get home on YouTube, it'll be oh. Two fatties confront each other in the mall or something. I was waiting for that video to show up. But I was like, oh, God. And I pulled my hood up and, like, walk a shame back to the London drugs. It was, oh. Sorry for the anti, for the, but anyway, I'm just sort of demonstrating. This was my uh, Christmas shopping experience. I had, what are you looking at? So, no, so there was no fisticuffs. I, I, when I went to my car in the parking lot, I was looking around. I didn't see Costanza. He, uh, he managed to, apparently, you know, he didn't show up in that area. So, uh, but how bizarre, what are you looking at? Like, I literally have not heard that in, like, I haven't, somebody hasn't said that to me, and I bet you in 35 years. You know, since maybe Reading Corner in grade three, you know, like, oh my god, it was just embarrassing. But yeah, to do that walk, and it seemed like, all the music, all the noise, everything was just silent as I'm walking. And it felt like everyone was staring at us. It was just embarrassing. But, so Costanza, if you're out there, grow up, man. Because one of these times, because I have I have friends that I could tell you the moment you advanced on them, they would have knocked you the fuck out. So, you're lucky it was me. And I was like a fucking calm about it and whatever. Because... I can guarantee that motherfucker couldn't whip cream with an outboard motor. I can tell you that. So, it, it was just an embarrassing fucking story. But, actually, as I'm sitting here, I'm, like, embarrassed telling it. I wanted to tell the story, but I'm embarrassed for myself again. <laughs> but, anyway. So, that was my brawl at the mall story. I guess I shouldn't... Yeah, that was about as fucking... As, as, about, as, uh, about as exciting as the Ekblad Domi rematch. That was. Yeah, everybody... Bunch of, yeah, two fucking guys motherfucking each other and no, nobody doing anything. But yeah, what, bizarre, man. People are bizarre. But that's what I guess Christmas shopping does to some folks. And, uh, yeah, it was a weird scene. But anyway, there's Darren's trip to the mall at Christmas. You know, fourth line voices, Christmas spectacular. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 